Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Atalanta Pod Season 5, Episode 15. Yes, it's been a while, listeners, but it's still me, Dan, from Atalanta, Vegas. And with me, of course, is my Atalanta Pod life partner, Nick, from Atalanta Passion. Nick, I, I mean, you know, it's been, what, almost two months since our <laughs> our last episode. Yep. It feels like so much has happened. There's good reason. I always remind everybody, Nick and I don't get paid to do this. So we have uh, we have other priorities, but we definitely wanted to make it a priority to record this week, talk a little bit about what's going on. But Nick, outside of Atalanta's manic state, how have you been in this last couple of weeks? It's been hectic, but I've been good nonetheless. It's heating up in North Carolina, so I'm excited for that. With yeah. the clo- close of the football season close, at least, we'll have some warm weather. Yep. To look forward to. I mean, winter wasn't that bad. I mean, I'm in Philly right yeah, now. It's 80 it's degrees. Yep, and, that's uh, very true. I don't think we even had we barely had any snow this winter, so I can't complain. Uh, for my first year out here working in Philly for majority of my time, that it wasn't that bad. It was actually colder in Las Vegas a lot of the time <laughs> while I was out here. Go figure. So, Wild, yeah. <laughs> but now it's like 90 degrees in Vegas, so they had like three days of spring. They went straight from winter to summer, as per tradition in Las Vegas. But I got to tell you, the one thing that's not heating up is Ladea's performances. This episode, obviously, this is this, we're, we're recording this after the defeat 2-0 at home to Bologna. 29 matches into the season, nine matches to go. We are sitting sixth. Uh, then that of co- is, of course, including Juventus's 15-point deduction, we would be in seventh. Mm-hmm. If uh, we're if almost it, in seventh without that, yeah, but we're almost, yeah, we're <laughs> only four points ahead of them. At one point, we were 12 points ahead of them. Um, and it's been a ri- bit of a roller coaster, Nick. I, I think that you know, we were just chatting a-, a-, a couple of minutes ago before we hit the record button, and we started off the season, you know, doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Playing a style that we were like, what the hell is going on? And clearly, Gasparini wasn't about to have it we had the best defense in the league at one point we were you know, a couple we if we'd have beat napoli we would have been two points behind them in first place and this is before they even lost napoli even lost a game yeah uh yep. and then we just took a huge dump after that went into the the world cup break uh looking pretty poor and then the break looked like it did some good things for us we scored like a million goals in january i think it was like 22 goals or something like that in january and uh, that's probably close to that yeah Yeah. something like that Mm -hmm. and the trident reared its head for the first time and everybody got really excited about hoyland lookman and uh and boga and then all of a sudden come february we couldn't even score i think we scored like three goals in february or something like that and uh, it kind of extended into march and everything was all doom and gloom cup miners went out with an injury you know we, we 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 feel like we have two games upcoming with Empoli and with Cremonese that we should beat them. We did beat them. So everything's looking a little bit better. Still questions about how Gasp is doing his squad selection. But then we have Bologna, probably one of the most informed teams in Serie A, um, doing really, really well. They had in their last five, uh, in the last four games prior to playing us, they had uh, two draws, a loss, and a victory, but they were sitting in you know, challenging for European spots. Um, and Nick, the game itself, first half wasn't so bad. 
right? The first half didn't seem so bad. We, I think everybody's really was really upset when we didn't start the Trident. Um, but the Trident played most of the game because Mario Pasolic got injured. And I know I've been rambling on recapping our season, Nick. Part of what I want to talk about um, is, you know, there are, it seems like kind of three camps of Atalanta fans right now. There's the Gasp is crazy ones, Gasp out. We have to start the Trident at all costs. There's people who are like, whatever Gasp does is, is gospel. Gasp forever. Long life to him, right? And then I think there's people like us who are kind of like, you know, eh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Teetering, yeah. swaying with the wind a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But my question is, and I want to start with the Trident, mm-hmm. right? Do you understand why Gasparini doesn't start them in every match? Yes, I think so. But the thing is that even when he doesn't start them, it, it still feels like that issue rears its ugly head. And I think you'll I think what you're probably thinking is that we just get overrun in the midfield. Mm-hmm. There's not enough bodies to to occupy the middle of that field. And we will see it very often in games that it looks like the opposition can can just they, they'll win the ball back and they can just mosey their way up relatively mm-hmm. quickly to our defensive third without so much as any attempt to have somebody win possession back because there's just nobody there to do it. Yeah. So and this I, is, I this is regardless. I want to make it clear to the listeners. This is regardless of whether we play three, four, one, two with Boga in a number 10, or we play a three, four, three with Boga out on the left, right? Either way, Boga is right. not going to be the guy that's going to be shutting it down in the middle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess he really, he's, he's not asked to, to do that. Although he did make the nifty, tackle mm-hmm. to, to set up that third yes. goal against Cremonese right at the end, but that's neither here nor there. So I can, I, I, I get it a little bit, uh, especially like I thought that was a good lineup choice for the, the Bologna match. Mm-hmm. Like I first personally, me, I just, I say throw the trident out there and just try to run it down their throats at this point, but I can understand tempering that back to, to be more balanced and it's probably better. So Pasolich has that little, anchor player that bridges mm-hmm. the midfield to the attack is nice. Personally, Ederson in that role with cup miners back in the pitch to, to play a little further back is probably the, the ideal lineup, but you, you take what you can get when you're so thin at midfield. Um, so I get it, but it just, it feels like when we're so devoid of scoring goals sometimes that you have, I don't know, because the trident doesn't even help with that sometimes because mm-hmm. we we've seen it. We've seen it work. We've seen it not work. Um, so it's just something underlying across the whole jive jive of the team that's preventing Atalanta of old a little bit, or at least some sort of good Atalanta that at least replicated what we saw at the beginning of the season or even January. There's a, there's a couple of things that I, I want to say, because you, you definitely mentioned one of the things that I've been telling you, I've been saying on Twitter for a while is that, that, you know, when we don't play uh, three in the midfield, what, you know, if, if we count the, um, the Trek Bortista as a midfielder, right. Uh, we do get overrun. There's a lot of teams who play three midfields, uh, mm-hmm. three midfielders, whether that's a four, two, three, one, or whether it's a three, five, two, we do get overrun in the midfield. And I think that, you know, there was a little back and forth 
uh, on Twitter about how much we miss, we miss Remo Froehler. There was something that 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 he he offered um, mm-hmm. that that we tend to miss, and I, I think with Kopmeiner's injury and Ederson stepping in, he's coming into his own. Uh, Ederson has probably been he's probably our best player uh, against Bologna. And he has shown that he's really excellent at, at recovery, especially tracking back and, mm-hmm. and and breaking up plays and starting plays too, some nifty back heels and stuff like that. Um, yep. You know, Ederson's coming into his own. The question for me is, you you mentioned something. We are extremely thin at midfield, right? Very thin at midfield. We essentially have three central midfielders, right? Which is, you know, the same problem we had last year. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, exactly. unless you unless you count Mario Pasolic as a central midfielder, we still, I mean, technically we had, we also had Matteo Piscina last season, if, if you wanted to consider him. So we are even thinner this season, even with, with Ederson in there. Than or if you, were. Even, even if you count Giorgio Scalvini, who yeah. hasn't played midfield yeah. since the Roma match, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Or Joachim Mela, who, uh, who sometimes yeah. plays midfield. Yep. <laughs> I think this is the big problem, right? And, Gasp forever will be known for his three at the back. He mm-hmm. plays a 3-4-3, 3-4-1-2, 3 whatever it is. Gasp's attacking system is three at the back. He's as synonymous with three at the back as, you know, Simone Inzaghi is, right? And he's got a heavenly host of his 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 uh, followers, the Ivan Juric's, the Raffaele Palladinos uh, of the world who who do the exact same thing. They play three at the back. I think, and even Jose Mourinho plays three at the back. Mm-hmm. Milan played three at the back when they had had defensive issues, right? Uh, as well, so a lot a lot of teams are playing three at the back. So it's not like it's it's weird, right? Every every especially in Italy, people have been playing with three at the back for a long time. The problem here is if you want to get three midfielders on and the trident, what gives? It's got to be a center back. Mm-hmm. So the formation right. needs yep. to change, right? And yep. whenever we look at that s- squad list, and granted, they they count wingbacks also as defenders, and we have like a heavenly host of mm-hmm. defenders. We are so heavy in center backs. I mean, when's the last time we, we saw um, – what's his face? Caleb Coley. Can't even remember his name. It's been so long. Oh, yeah, right? right? Yeah. When's the last time we saw Brandon Sopp because uh, as wingback? Mm-hmm. In the Bologna game, I can kind of understand why Mary Demerol doesn't play as much. Because Xerxes ran, I think he nutmegged him twice. Um, so there's maybe he's just not getting enough playing time. I I, I don't know. We'll give Mary some credit. One was like a really freak nutmeg, it but was a, freak a nutmeg. nutmeg nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, I Nick, here's my take right on on this whole situation with the Trident. I I think the Bologna game did show why Gasp is hesitant to play those three in the formation that they're the most attacking, right? I think you're right. Mario Pasolic in there wasn't mad about it. But as an attacking threat, the team does better with those three as a 3-4-3, three, three, right? Easily with Boga out wide, Hoyland in the middle, and uh, Lookman out wide on the right, 100%. I think it's natural positions for the three of them. I think they will score. But when have they started and dominated a match when have they looked good? When when they've come in in the second half. There's a little bit of a difference, I think, from, from what I've noticed. They changed, They turned the game around against mm-hmm. Cremonese. They turned the game around against Empoli. 
but I don't think that there's enough out there to say that they're good enough to start a match and to get us to a position where we're up three nil. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. I, I know what you mean. I agree. I think because I think the Empoli match is the perfect example because that game was, was ugly mm-hmm. in the first half. Mm-hmm. Just it's, it's almost like, Gasparini tried to shorten the game in a, in a weird way to ensure that, okay, I, I don't want to spot Empoli any goals, even though that freak goal occurred. Uh, yeah. Shorten the game to 45 minutes, then bring my guys on the field who can just run circles. And in, in a way, it kind of worked. They waited till almost the last minute to, to make it work. And I think that that feels like a valid strategy against even better teams where you just you know, kind of like when we used to play Hellas Verona in the past, and past, and those games just were really ugly all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Still are probably. Uh, it's been so long since we played Hellas since it was early in the year. But but maybe and, and I think the third midfield, the Pasolich option and and Trek Ortiz or whatever role you want to give him, kind of solves that a little bit. But I think there's I think maybe this is something we'll talk about a little more later. But I think there is. Is a there is a route for success with a three four three, I think. But the tactics Atalanta has, has had all year, probably the last eighteen months, doesn't doesn't reflect what could work. Because if you have three hyper off, off attacking offensive players, should you really need the entire team to support them with consistent ball buildup and? It's almost like it's almost. Like, I wrote in my pre, in my review that it feels like Gasparini is so gung ho on just winning field possession sometimes that he does it for the sake of winning field possession rather than just having this having his guys go, letting them take on as many one on ones as they can, and just just utilize just utilizing the weapons at your disposal rather than. All these team, I don't know. And then, then these team goals, mm. and then you can, and then you're not, then you guys defensively who can get, be in better position to win back possession. They don't have to be as focused on being as a focal part of the offensive buildup, and just play it. Play, don't be scared to mess up and just go attack. I think sometimes is the best way. I think to sum up what I'm trying to say, because there's far too much standing around sometimes, even when all three of them are out on the pitch, they shouldn't be standing around. They have to be moving. They have to not be static and just go do what they're supposed to do. Be are really good at. No, I, I think it's a valid point. You said something uh, on Twitter uh, after the, after the Bologna match that I think was spot on. And that's, you know, when we score, it's because of the quality of our players. It has nothing to do with us being tactically sound or having a system with a real identity. Um, obviously, last season was uh, a major drop in form that I think, you know, people were expecting. And I think they, they expected that every single year with Atalanta. And we definitely got it. Um, of course, that had a lot to do with, you know, Ilicic not playing. I, I just feel like we ran out of steam. We didn't have quite the right squad players and this season i feel like the we definitely of course got got some good players but the question really for me is 
and I, I don't know, I don't know if it's a question, but I'm going to tell you, it doesn't feel like we're getting the best out of these players if we play a Gasparini system. And is Gasparini willing to flex and adjust? Because he clearly, and, and we're talking wholesale changes. We're talking about formation changes. Because mm-hmm. he did he did it in the beginning of the season. It was ugly as hell. We were getting victories. You could tell Gasp hated every minute of it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't like watching it. I didn't mind the points, but I didn't like watching it either. I thought it was kind of terrible. We ship off Ruslan, you know, and we don't need him. And, you know, we're, we're, we're doing whatever we're doing. It just doesn't feel like anything is going to change. And I think that's why so many of, of Atalantini are feeling like, oh, this is, this is a watershed moment. Because if we don't qualify for Europe, like what happens? This is two years on the bounce. We're not, this is not the Atalanta of old that competing for Europe like barely squeaking into it or coming in eighth or ninth is considered a success. Mm-hmm. There was a stated goal that we were going back to Europe this year, which I can't, even when we were making champions league every year, nobody ever said that first thing was salvation. No, this, this is a, this is different. 40 points. Yeah. yeah right. This is different. Yep. Nick, what happens? Cause we have, we have a tough run of form uh, run of games coming up. Right. I mean, we yeah. had Bologna and, I don't know if we can take anything positive from Bologna. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's try to be a little bit positive. Mm-hmm. But upcoming, and we'll preview is Fiorentina, which is probably the team that's probably in the best form in Serie A, and they've been really successful in Europe as well. I think they have four wins out of their last five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, you know, they are a couple points behind uh, behind Bologna and Juve. They're Seven coming in hot. Us. Yeah. yeah. They're, exactly. they're coming in hot. Uh, they figured out how to score goals, which is what they couldn't do. Uh, Nick, I is there a silver lining? Is there something that we can take from the past few games, the Bologna match, the Cremonese match, the Empoli match, or anything that you have seen that could turn most collective Atalanta fans uh, frowns upside down? Hmm. It's a good question, and it's weird because I think I've tend to been I've been a pretty positive mm-hmm. lots of fan I think, and this is like the least positive I've felt in a while. And it's like on one hand, what Gasparini's done for the last six years it's been so successful that you would think that weighs out any over any hiccups in form that would have happened over six or seven matches, just weighing the two against each other, right? But as we talked, like, this, this feels this feels different this time around. Even last year when we were sort of were crumbling and ultimately got eighth place and missed out in Europe. It just, that, I don't know, like that, that just felt, it just felt different. Like this, it feels like, it feels like underachievement this time around. It does. Um, and the, and the players that we got, like these, like Lookman and Hoyland have 20 goals combined in for, in, in Serie A and us, the inability to utilize them. We went, we've got shut out five times in the mm-hmm. last nine games. It should have been six besides that free coiling goal that, that he scored. That, that, that just shouldn't happen with that, that arsenal that you have on, on the field. So I think the only thing that you can really take away from maybe it's not even the last couple of weeks, but we still have that Lazio, Lazio match to, mm-hmm. 
to to look proudly on because that was the best we looked all year, and that was amid all of all of this uh, the, this downfall that we we've been experiencing least recently. So you have a blueprint at least to go off something potentially. That was a much more counterattacking game for Atalanta. Um, I'm trying to look at the possession really quickly. We had 40% possession in that game. Mm -hmm. And the only other game we had less than 49 or 50% was Napoli, who just, whatever, Mm -hmm. they run run rampant over pretty much anyone besides Milan these days now. Mm -hmm. So there's at least a blueprint to look at. And that game utilized everybody's best attributes. Lookman's precision with his passing, his dribbling, everything that he does so well. Hoyland's athleticism and speed. And that it just has to be some sort of tweak where you're not just waiting around. You're not just holding the ball for the sake of holding the ball, which feels like happens far too often in these games sometimes now. And... I don't know what the way to fix it really is. I, I've, I'm not going to go back and watch a lot of your game, but there's got to be something there. Technical passing, I think, is step number one because we're going to get pressed like crazy, like we mm-hmm. have pretty much every game. I think teams high pressing us is, has been one of the the new things we've seen in 2023. And what's our answer to respond to that? Pure precision passing obviously helps, but there has to be a plan B to that as well. Not just hoofing it up to Duvon every single time, but mm-hmm. – one twos maybe blast it and have a wing back fly up something like that. We we don't really see the wing backs flying up and being being wing backs as much anymore. They're just there for possession now, being outlets to recycle possession. Just I need something different. At least we have the lots of game to go off of, and I think that's the the takeaway that we can really take from ev- from everything we've seen in the last couple of games. Yeah, I agree. I think. I think obviously that that match was amazing, and now don't blink. Lazio's ten points ahead of us. Crazy, since, right? Since that I game, think we were tied. Were we tied? Yeah, maybe yeah. When that game happened, yeah, yeah. since February eleventh, mm-hmm. right? So you're looking at a little a little over two months, and they're ten points ahead of us. But I think the biggest problem is the inconsistency, right? Like mm-hmm. the the inability to perform consistently, and maybe that has to do with gas tinkering because we went from one of our best performances to that against Lazio to that loss against Lecce, yeah. you know, um, at home. Away in Rome, home against Lecce. And I, again, we talked about this during the night. We have mad respect for Lecce, you know? Yes. Especially Lecce at that time, performing a whole lot better than they're performing right now because they've been woeful. They lost their last five games. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been very woeful. But they were, they were in great form uh, then. We had nothing but good things to say, uh, really, about, about that team. The inconsistency makes it very, and the ups and downs is, I think, what makes it very negative. Because, again, if we were in sixth, seventh place, and you know, which basically, you know, you're you're winning. So right now we have uh, a, a little over double the wins that we have to draws, right? And you're looking at one and a half times the wins to losses. If, if you're kind of consistently win one game, draw a game, lose a game, win a game, win a game, draw, you know, if you're, if you're doing that, instead of going on these streaks, mm-hmm. it probably doesn't feel as bad, does it? Um, yes. Yes. I, I think that's, that's part of it, just from us, from a fan perspective and watching it. But part of it is also that there isn't any consistency. If you look at Napoli, you look at Lazio, you look at Roma, 
Milan without their injuries, isn't there? There is always super consistency in the starting 11 that's out there. And mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, I can't get away from, from that. Um, you know, how did we not keep our momentum in January going into February? How, how did that, how did that not happen? We last season also, we had injuries like nobody's business. Of course, Robin was injured. Duvon went, went out. We were playing in Champions League in the beginning of the season. We were probably tired, even though we had a great first half of the season, right? We had probably our best first half of the season last season. Yep. Um, and then we just petered out. We don't have the same issue this year. Uh-huh. It is straight up inconsistency. And since we don't get to see the players, you know, we see what the choices that are made of who goes onto the pitch, right? Yep. We got some really good young talent in Brandon Soppy, Caleb Acoli, not even a sniff, right? We'd rather play Jim City back from an injury twice, yep. right? Like his first game back from an injury, there's Jimmy in the starting lineup mm-hmm. after Caleb Acoli's amazing beginning of the year and he had some he has some struggles i don't know what's going on but i don't think that we can blame anybody except the coach right now for 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 what's going on i'll, I'll be honest I, I don't know and i'm 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 a gasp stan i always will be but i don't know who else to blame who else is to blame yeah yeah i'm kind of in your corner i think Sure, you blame the players for for things here and there, but they're not put, they're not put in the position to, yeah. I think, succeed as well as they as the Atalanta players have in years past. Um, one one positive I would take from Bologna though, because I thought the first half wasn't so bad. Yeah, right? first half was pretty good. Should have should have been up, I guess, but yeah. Well, obviously Rafa was not there, and Jimmy was playing on the right side of center back. But one of the things that I saw a little bit more, very noticeably, was Scalvini overlapping as a center back much more than we've seen even Rafa doing. Um, and I, I think that that was, that was nice to see mm-hmm. uh, the center back activation. Cause you talk about the wing backs, not flying forward. The center backs <laughs> haven't been going forward either. And that's something yep. that we're, we're, we're known for. And it makes sense. We're, we're, we're a sieve in the middle of the park half mm-hmm. the time. Um, I thought that was, and then how much does the game change if Hoyland gets that shot past tomorrow? Uh, I think that changes a lot of things. I um, think so too. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was the only good attack we had all game. And yeah. normally on a better day that that goes in good, good save, good double save, I guess, by, yeah. by the Bologna pair. Yeah. I don't know. You know I, I, go ahead. I was going to say too, this is over. I think just an overall comment more in Syria. I think the league as a whole from team one to team 20 is a lot more yes. balanced this year than yes. it has been in the years past. I think you look at the you look at the teams, the three teams in the drop zone, maybe Spezia. So Spezia, Hellas, Verona, Cremonese, Sampdoria, you can say are like clearly a, a tier below the rest of the mid table teams. Mm-hmm. Like Lecce is 16th and Lecce's beat beat us twice, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think just from the teams outside of Europe still Bologna, Fiorentina, Udinese, Torino eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh, like on any given day, those teams can beat pretty much anyone but Napoli mm-hmm. ahead of them. So it's just I think it, the league's a lot stronger than it has been in years past. I just looked really quickly for the tenth place team 
Matt points per game, 1.3 points for Udinese right now. Mm-hmm. Two years back, it was like 1.1 or something mm-hmm. for, for the points per game for the 10th place team. So mm-hmm. I, I just think there's a lot more quality in the league and uh, teams will drop more points. And it's not just Atalanta. Inter's been having an identity crisis, maybe worse than Atalanta. And Milan hasn't looked great either the last, since 2023. So mm-hmm. I think that, I think that's something you can't overlook. I think there's, I think teams are getting, <clears throat> they're not getting as scared, I guess, to to play Wales. And they're, I think there's just a lot more smartness across team development than even, even like three years ago, probably it feels like. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. I, th- I, I think that, that let's, let's face it. Whatever the league lacks in stopping racism and racist <laughs> chance and all that, all that, stuff they've made up for and so there's some there's some some quality on the on the pitch um mm-hmm. i mean we we've seen that the italian game is just look at how many teams are left in europe comparatively right you know um yep. yeah screw you primary league freaking the league up pieces of crap you know so i'm not gonna say the bundesliga because i like the bundesliga to be honest with you yeah but <laughs> I don't, I don't know, Nick. I, I think that you bring up a valid point and I don't ever want to just blame the coach, but it's frustrating, right? Because this is kind of a watershed moment mm-hmm. for us. We, we said that the Bologna match was the most pivotal match and it may very well have been because, of course, had we won that, you know, that's a, that's a seven-point gap. You know, Inter dropped points. Uh, Milan, I believe, dropped points at the weekend. It was on a silver platter for us to... It, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was perfect. And now the problem is we're leading up into a slew of really tough games in yep. April. I mean, again, we talked about Fiorentina finally figured out how to score goals there. I mean, the only thing that's, that is good for us is that the teams around us are still in European competition. Yeah. And um, we're on the road against Fiorentina. I guess that helps us. Too. Yeah. Because yeah. because we have after Fiorentina, we have Roma. Another direct, and they're they're in third with uh, fifty three points, five points ahead of us. They're still in the in the uh, they're still in the Europa League, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, after that is the is is what we'll call the uh, the Gasparini Darby with Ivan Jurich and Torino, yep. um, who are, we know are never slouches. I I wanted to talk a little bit about goal scoring, and we talked a lot about Rasmus Hoyland because. Rasmus Hoyland goes into into his first start for Denmark, scores a hat trick. Second game, he scores two goals, five goals in two games for his country. In my mind, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, we got the Joachim Mele syndrome, right?" And he comes yeah. back, ha- puts in a great pass uh, to Jeremy Boga. Right? Of course, we're all annoyed that he doesn't play in this first game back, <laughs> right? But he did struggle. He has struggled against big, strong. Um, center backs in the game that we want to play. It's like possession, hold up play. That guy should be face up. Yeah, he needs to just be, like, be roaming around up. and exactly. Yeah. Nick, yep. I, I mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about Fiorentina because we need to win this game. Yes, we um, do. And somebody needs to to stop the Fiorentina juggernaut here. But they found their form. They're high. This is it's almost like a perfect for our theory, right? This is a perfect scenario to employ the two things that we are saying. Number one, pack the midfield. Cope Miners is going to be back. We have the, they have the opportunity to pack the midfield. 
take out a center back, right, and play the trident up front. And mm-hmm. play a counterattacking style. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think if those two things can happen, we beat we beat Fiorentina. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I wholeheartedly agree because in the beginning of the year when it was a little bit of ugly ball, we did we did that one one nil with a pretty easy goal that I think Muriel set Lookman up with, and it was a pretty comfortable game. I, I don't think Fiorentina had any really dangerous chances that could have had them claw a goal back. And I think that's probably the, I didn't see Spezia, how they drew Fiorentina, but I would imagine that's, that's the best way to go about them. The way teams would all, the way teams, when they beat Atalanta in Atalanta's heyday or gave them problems, take advantage of Atalanta's aggressiveness. You have to take advantage of Fiorentina's aggressiveness, especially like with LMQ and Igor, who will try to tackle everybody and everything mm-hmm. in their sight. Um, just go at them and try to make them make a mistake. Yeah, we definitely need to have three, four. We need to outnumber their center backs. I I think I think that's really important because like with Igor and his Igor up against Rasmus Hoyland, if Rasmus has his back to him, Igor Igor's Igor's probably going to win almost all, all those battles. Right? We know yep. that Rasmus struggles against that, so we need to be able to preoccupy LMQ, Igor, and even. You know, whoever's playing defensive midfield for them as well, whether that's, you know, Amrabat or whoever they're going to put in there. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's really, really important for us to match up to them and let them have the ball and just hit them on quick transition. We have the pace, right? We're one of the fastest teams now, you know, with our youth. And yep. At I least think, offensively. Yeah. At least sure. offensively. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. tell me what you think. If, if, if we're going to play a 4 3 3. Right. Let's say, let's say that you're ascribing to this instead of okay. like a three five two. Yep. We know we have to give up a center back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Rafa is still injured. We'll pretend like he's he, not. he was a yellow card suspension, so he's oh, back. He was. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Rafa's back. Mm-hmm. Um, who do we got? Who do you got on the pitch in a four? In a let's we'll call it a four three three. Four three three. So we'll start. We'll start easy. We'll start up front. And then move back because yeah. if you go four three three, you start Hoyland, Bogo, Lookman, midfield. Cup Miners is back, so Cup Miners, Ederson, Daron, Scalvini, Tahoy in the middle. Wing backs or full backs gets a little tougher. Um, Zapacosta melee, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't think Ruggieri would excel as a fullback against Dodo. Yeah, not much. So that's what I would go with. Throw melee on the left, Zappa goes on the right. Yeah, I think that's better. The other way around against Bologna seemed really odd. To, yeah. to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So I, I know we have two inside outers, like who can go both ways, uh, but it, it felt weird. I, I wish that that had changed. Um, I agree with you on everything except for the center back pairing. I actually think if we're going to try this, we we try for Demi Mino. Wow. I think okay. I think Rafa on the bench and Scalvini on the bench. I this is what I want to see. Uh I want to see the 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 hard-nosed insane that to pressure that that attack. I don't think you know, I I think what we need on uh, on the wings potentially um is a little bit of pace. It depends on who starts uh mm-hmm. for Fiorentina. Um they do have some pace especially if uh what's his face is back in he's from injury. 
I'm losing everybody. Nico name. Gonzalez, maybe? I don't know. Well, I there's Nico Gonzalez there. on the right, and then... Oh, Sotil? Uh, yeah, Ricardo Sotil. I, I never liked Sotil. He can play if he wants, and we'll we'll be fine with him. But that's a different I like, story. I feel like he yeah. scores against us, though. I feel, <laughs> I feel like he scores against us. It gives us a headache. And Castrovilli's a trickster. He seems to be playing back and better. I mean, the, the team is great. Um, you know, and the two Baldies and Jack Bonaventura. Yeah. Uh, so and Barack, Anton and Barack. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. they, they have a really stacked team. They have a really good team in, in, in the midfield, especially. So I don't know. That's, I just want to see that. To me, that makes me feel like defensively we're covering it because I, I think the times that we've seen Demi Mino, we've really actually liked it. I think that's the right thing to do um, as opposed mm-hmm. to what ended up happening uh, kind of in the second half against Bologna when we were getting desperate, where where Palomino was playing essentially a fullback left. I yeah, I don't even know what he was doing there. <laughs> I don't know what the heck. That's the other problem with Gasp too. When he throws everything on, it's like I'm. It's it's like he's playing Risk or something. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not even going to bother like taking care of Siam or something. I'm just going to throw everything at whatever territory I'm trying to attack and yeah. symmetry or whatever. Just be damned. Yeah. It's like when you're playing poker and you've already overcommitted your 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 hand, right? And you're like, screw it, I'm just gonna go all in. I'll go care. all in. Yeah. I don't care if it makes yeah. sense or not. Just I'm just go all in. I'll put eight yep. wing backs out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and melee in the midfield. <clears throat> it's so I, I really think that that is what we should see. And I think you agree with me. I think we can win if we counter and we and we we at least put three in the midfield, maybe mm-hmm. even play a flat three, five, two. Um, if if gas can't if it comes it. to it, yeah, yeah exactly, it, it, yeah, she has I, I nightmares just... about a back four, yeah. Predictions, Nick, for that. Oof. Um, if we if we play back three at the back, we lose mm-hmm. two to one. If we play a four at the back, we win two to one. Yeah, so I'm going I like with. it. Yeah, I don't think we lose this game either way. Um, I think it's actually going to be a one-one draw with three at the back. And I think we win three nil if we play four at the back. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Palomino will score if he starts at center back. Well, he'll score a corner. He'll score our, a corner. Yeah, we're gonna get corner kicks. We're gonna it. get two goals from set pieces. One from a corner kick, Palomino header. Right. Uh-huh. If, if we play four at the back, and then we're gonna get a direct free kick goal from Jeremy Boga. Craziness. Uh, and then we will have. Uh, Adam Lillikman penalty. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a penalty. That would yeah. Yeah. that would help us up. So I'm just looking at Fiorentina's last game against Spezia. Mm-hmm. Second half, Fiorentina took 13 shots. Jesus. One hit the woodwork. Everything else, even that shot, everything had every shot had 11% chance or less of going in. Mm-hmm. So Spezia did something well. Just set up the, the perfect the perfect block to to do it. I don't think we go as aggressive as Spezia in terms of a defensive bus, but it's that counter that that mini counterattacking style that we seem to be allergic to sometimes that that uh, that gets it done. I think I think I really think it does. But I'm also not making millions as a as a manager in Italy, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Fiorentino's goal was an own goal, too. Yes, it was. That's funny. 92% tackle success from, from Spezia. Oh. That's, pretty, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. 
And you know who else is on Fiorentina? I had no idea until Joseph Brecolo is also there. Oh, that's right. So, jeez, I don't. Maybe, maybe they get bogged down by lineup analysis paralysis where they just don't know who to play either yeah. at this point. But because they have like three guys, four guys, I guess, slotted for the same like left wing position. Uh, if you really think about it, but everybody's just looking for the vice Illichic. Yes, the vice, yeah. vice right footed Illichic. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, Cabral and Icone as well, you know? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, those guys. I mean, that's that's some pace there, so I really think that – I really think we need some craziness at center back. That's why I want Demi Mino. It would also make me feel good, even if it sucks, even if it turns out horribly wrong. Just because you, you picked it. <laughs> Just because I picked it yeah. and I see those two guys. I don't know. I, I feel like Mary Demerol has – kind of gotten screwed over this year i i feel like yeah yeah i feel i feel i understand i understand that sentiment a little bit yeah he's been odd man out puzzling puzzlingly for weird reasons i think yeah yep let's see what else i guess i I guess i kind of just want to wrap it up a, a little bit um with a couple of thoughts number one I don't think I, I think there could be a case to be said that we're all blowing this out of proportion or, you know, but I don't think we are. Uh, I, I want to qualify how we're feeling. I think I think it's frustrating uh, because I think that this is this year we were supposed we're supposed to be a little at least a little bit more consistent. It's been too crazy. It's really bad. I take blood pressure meds, Nick. I, my heart can't take this. Um, uh, so personally, I, I that annoys me. It's okay that you're in sixth place, seventh place, whatever. Just don't go on these crazy runs up and down, get my hopes up and then ruin it, you know? Um, so that's number one. Number two, I'm going to ask you this every single episode until the end of the season. Gasp in or gasp out? By the end of the season? Yeah. Or like oh, what I think so. At, at the, the end, end of the season. season. But how are you feeling right oh. now? I am I'm still gasping. You're gasping? Answer might change after three games, depending on how <laughs> these next three go. <laughs> I'm still gasping mm-hmm. as well, as long as he, 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 he does exactly what we tell him to do. <laughs> right. So it, could just... be any, it could be anyone in, basically, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I I have to say though, like let's just let's just talk to the gasp out crowd because there's just quite a few people out there. I think people are just tired of it. They're like, I would almost rather have somebody who's not as good, who's at least consistently bad, uh, <laughs> you know. But who who do you want if gasp goes out at the end of the season? Who do you want? Let's say the players stay the same. Maybe Lucha uh-huh. leaves, but like the core yeah, stays the, the same. core is basically there. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, I, I, somebody asked me on Twitter. I didn't feel knowledgeable about enough coaches to really give a good answer. But still, I would want. I don't want anyone in Italy. Like, really? don't I don't don't give me an Italian coach. I want to go with somebody who's like at like a Red Bull Salzburg. Not necessarily whoever Red Bull Salzburg's coach are, but some team that's. Some some young coach who's more or less up and coming knows how to work with because a team that a hyper athlete I think I think it's 
you can call us a hyper athletic offense. I think a team that works with a hyper athletic offense it can just squeeze as much out of this team as possible. Okay, so you so know who what? from the Bundesliga do you want? This one? <laughs> I'm gonna Yeah, exactly, right? I would have liked Tedesco, Domenico yes. Tedesco, but he's in Russia somewhere now. No, right? I, I, think I think he took the Belgian national team. That's it. Yeah. Oh, what's, what a shame. He's just yeah. gonna he'll be there for uh and then Roberto Martinez went to Portugal. Very yeah. Yeah, I just want to see who's the Red Bull Salzburg coach. No, it's not Jesse Marsh anymore, thank God. Not Jesse. I wouldn't want Jesse Marsh. <laughs> it's a guy named Matthias Geisley. Mm. 35 years old. So any Atalanta players older than him? Oh, yeah. I think. Uh... Palomino, maybe? I don't know. No, no, no. no. I, don't think so. I, don't, I don't think so, actually. I'm but we'll go with him. Think. We'll go with him. I don't know anything about him, but... You want somebody young? And modern, is I, what you're I, saying. I guess uh, give, give me as much German school of football as possible at this point. I think, okay. I think that I think that fits this team really well if you get the right wing backs or the right fullbacks into it. I think so. I I, I just think that this team doesn't change. I don't think Gasparini can can ha- can handle it. I I think that if I think I think he tried to fit these square pegs into his system and it's not working and he's resisting. Because I think obviously we have great players there, but it's not fitting. Mm-hmm. How about Dionisi? Um, I don't know. That's like super hyper. That's a, it's like a step down from Deserbi in terms of just possession at all costs. He's okay. Mm-hmm. I like. I think he's done good things with the Sass. The Sass. Well, they they were almost at relegation three mm-hmm. months ago. Now they're back into like eleventh or twelfth. Yeah, I think I'd be good with that. Yeah. Yeah. How about if we want to keep the gasp system? Uh huh. Urich versus Paladino. Paladino. Yeah, me too. Especially bring Carlos Augusto over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Urich yeah, is too. Let's, let's get in the tussles in the mud for me a little yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. Paladino is a little more elegant, I think. And he wears a turtleneck. Where's it? Uh, so Where's I mean, everybody knows the best managers always wear turtlenecks. Yeah, Tiago Mota. Tiago Mota. What do you yep. think about Tiago Mota? Actually, uh, I like him too. Yeah. I think it's weird though. Like, you, it's hard. It's hard because if if he was at Spets, you say no, no way. No, yeah. And then and then Bologna obviously has done some things. So obviously it's a it's a marriage of the personnel you give a coach to see how they really do. But I think. I think a lot of I think a lot of coaches with good ideas would succeed with pretty with what Atalanta ha, has given them from a personnel standpoint, and mm-hmm. it's if you can really just find that sweet spot, like the way Pioli got it with Milan last year, or mm-hmm. um, if you're thinking of one-hit wonders, I guess Ranieri with Les, Leicester, whatever, like eight years ago now, however long that was when they won. So I think I like Mota as well, but at the same time, I want to see what if he can keep his Bologna project going a little bit because that's that's exciting to see, to see them doing doing pretty well. Screw with them. I hate, the only positive thing about passage of play in that Bologna match is when Orsolini scored, took off his shirt. And and that, the yeah. But then he scored, stupid Palomino. Oh, that was, the, that was the worst worst defensive play. Oh, he gave him like an of eight of space. I was like, yep. bro. And I don't, you don't expect Palomino to do that. I don't, when I saw how much space he was giving, I'm like, this is over. He's going to cut in. Yeah, he's gonna cut in and he's gonna yep. shoot. Force him right. Oh, was 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 um was Orsolini a uh, Atlanta youth 
or did he just not an Atalanta youth, but he he was there. Um, he was there for like he played yeah. 125 minutes. I don't, How do I, don't... I feel like he was Juve? He grew up in the Juve system. That's what uh, I'm okay. thinking with Orsolini. He was that, one of those those yeah. ones that we get on those shady deals, right? Uh, from Juve, and uh, as a young prospect, probably valued him too much, right? And so I don't mind. Him. I don't mind him celebrating the way he did. He played for 100 minutes for Atalanta, like whatever. So. Yeah, matter, right? I, I I just thought it was so funny that he got and he's missing the next match, which is so bad. Oh, he's missing this. That's <laughs> that's good. I like uh, it even more that he did that now. Then. Oh, that, that funny. is so good. I'm gonna throw you one more name. Okay. From Italy. Simone Inzaghi. No. No. Too much drama. <laughs> too too much drama with that. I think. No. I would rather. Yeah. I would rather get my left testicle cut off. You know, and it fed to fed to a ravenous pit bull in front of my face. Then have Limone and Zaghi, which means that he's probably going to come over. Uh, <laughs> that that's the tip. I think if I think any team other than I think other many management group besides the Percassis would consider something like that. Yeah, that's way too typical of an Italy move to just recycle through coaches over and over yeah. again. You yeah. got to do something different. Yeah, Oof. but that, that would be the worst thing ever yeah. to have Limone and Zaghi. I mean. Don't get me wrong. I know he's been successful, but he's just as married to his 3-5-2 as Gasp is to his 3-4-1-2-3-4-3-3-4-2-1, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, and I just don't feel like – I don't feel like that's how football is the best teams. And Remember when I, I told I asked you, how many teams who play three in the back have won the Champions League? Right? Like I think we have one now when Chelsea won it with Tuchel. Yeah, and that's yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a team like Bayern Munich, who literally, like for a while there, under um, I think it was Julian Nagelsmann, who mysteriously, now they have Thomas Tuchel. I don't even want to talk about yeah. Bayern. They literally played three center backs and then midfielders at wing back, so they, they didn't even have you know like they're so offensive. Like that's yeah. that's a different that's a different story. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We will I think, see. I... I do you think are we going to make Europe? Nick? Do we get do we get to the short end of the stick if if Juve wins the Europa League, right? If um, Fiorentina wins the Conference League, right? They, so they go to the Europa League. Right? I think that's, I think they'd still put a Conference League team. I think they still have a Conference League participant. Okay, I think. I think so. There, there might be room for an eighth team because, because La Liga had five in Champions League, and Real Sociedad was in Europa with somebody else from Spain, maybe too. I don't know. I'm just. But what if Fiorentina doesn't win the Conference League, but they win the Coppa Italia? So then they get Europa League. Then they get Europa League automatically. Yeah. Yes. What if we come in sixth? If Atalanta comes in sixth? Yeah. And, and beats out Juventus for seventh? Yes. Or Juventus is seventh, Atalanta is sixth? But then you, I think but, Atalanta, Atalanta gets Conference League then. But what about if Juventus wins the Europa League and goes into – we can have five in the Champions League? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, because Villarreal, Real Madrid, Barcelona, um, Atleti, Atleti and – Sevilla all made it this year. 
So they had five in Champions League okay. groups. So okay. it definitely can get five. It just gets wonky after that. I remember reading it once. and But the dangerous thing is, I'd say, I'd say right now we make it still. But Bologna has a tiebreaker over us. It's very likely Juventus can get the tiebreaker over us as well if they beat us. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it a lot more difficult. Because yep. it looks like it'll come down to a couple teams probably drawing points at the end of the year just because of how close everyone is so we have 48 points there's 27 points left 27 up for grabs up for grabs that would put us at 75 which in the past that's pretty much guaranteed champions league football but you know it's it's a little bit different this year Mm -hmm. um like that there were teams easily above so i mean that i feel like if, if if you end up with 75 points you're almost in second place at this point yeah so probably realistically out of the last nine games you probably want to end up having like about that 65 point range uh, i want to say yeah so like 18 points or yeah. so yeah yep yeah so you need to get spezia you need to beat spezia salernitana hellas verona monza get to 12 points that's 60 mm-hmm. then between fiorentina roma torino juventus get five from those games and enter get five from those games. Yeah. It's, so, it's tough, but I think, cause yeah, we're not going to get out. We're not going to beat Spezia. So starting to hell us around the months. We'll drop points in one of those just because that's how things work probably. But I don't know. We'll probably win one. We didn't expect to win maybe against Juventus or enter four at the back. We win out 27 points. We get 27 points. No problem. Yeah. Four at the back. Maybe, maybe 25, but yep. Demi Mino center back, no problem. I have spoken. <laughs> Sorry. We won't we won't remember this on, on June 4th. <laughs> yeah. Uh I was like looking, I was looking at the schedule and I was looking at May. I was like, there's something missing. Oh, there's June. We have a game in June. We have yeah. our last game of the season in June. Go figure. Nick, anything else you want to add before we close up shop for this episode? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Just remember Monday. It's a Monday game. We don't have it on the weekend. And unfortunately, I might miss part of it because I'll be driving in the car, but I'll try my best to catch it. What time's the game? Uh, 2.45 Eastern. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Back-to-back Monday games coming up, which is annoying. Well, hopefully they give me uh, an early birthday present and, and win against Fiorentina. Um. As much as we love our friends over at Viola Nation, we don't want them to win. No. Looking at you, Tito. Anyways, well, Nick, tell everybody uh, where they can uh, read your good stuff. Yeah, so atlantapassione.com. Match review this week might get compromised since I'll be out of out of town. But uh, look for the previews. And I'm happy we had this conversation because I think I was going to go a little negative with a piece this week, but I think I'm a little more leveled with everything that's going on. So I'll, I'll wait till next week to, to write something a little more in depth about what's going on. I mean, you basically listeners just listen to me and, and Nick and we basically talk each other off ledges. It's like a, it's like a, it's like an open <laughs> therapy session. Yep. Uh, it's really hard to bottle it up or just let your fingers fly on Twitter. It's not the same as talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick, you really get me. And I think I really get you. I think that's the most important thing. Um, if you want to get get me more, you can follow me at Atalanta underscore 
on Twitter. And of course, you can follow the pod at Atalanta Pod. You're listening to us now, so you know where to find us there. Until next time, Forza Atalanta Sempre, ciao to Forza Bye.